everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. I'm Tony, and today I get to sit down with author, speaker, and community manager, Becky Keefe. Becky is um, an incredible voice about an important message that we all need to lean into. Her new resource, The Simple Difference, goes on sale this week, and I want to invite you to pick it up. In our conversation today, we talk about uh, the awkwardness of kindness. We talk about the ripple effect, starting small, um, and and how each and every one of us can do something really simple with lasting impact. I think you're going to love this conversation with Becky. And if you do love it, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, leave us a rating review on iTunes, and share this episode with a friend. That is the biggest, most rewarding thing when we hear that somebody shares the podcast. Now, you've heard me say it for the last several months, the Reclamation Podcast is a ministry of spirit and truth. Now, one of the exciting things that's happening in my life is a bit of a transition, and I'm going to take just a minute and share that with you right now. After a lot of prayer and discernment, uh, my wife and I have decided that it is time for us to leave the local church. So um, in the next month or so, I'll be transitioning out of leadership here at Restoration Church and stepping into a position with spirit and truth. What does that mean? It means that I will be working with pastors and churches all over the country on this idea of disciple making. It means that we'll explore how to bring renewal and revival into the local church. And it means a lot of faith because as a nonprofit, Spirit and Truth that supports so many ministries, so many pastors, um, well, we are dependent upon people who are willing to champion the cause. So I recently had someone ask me, one of my listeners asked me, uh, Tony, how can we support you? And honestly, the best thing that you can do is consider giving to Spirit and Truth. Go to spiritandtruth.life, check that out. Uh, I'm raising my own support for this position. So we're kind of stepping out in faith. We're looking for monthly givers every single uh, month, people that want to come on board and support this belief that the disciple-making will be the next big revival in the church. So for more information about Spirit and Truth, get connected with them, spiritandtruth.life. If you'd like to talk to with me about Spirit and Truth, you can email me at tony at twmilt.com, tony at twmilt.com. Guys, I'm so excited for uh, this next season of life. I'm so excited for this conversation today with Becky, uh, and I'm I'm very thankful for each and every one of you to be on this journey with you and the way that so many of you have supported me over the last several years. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Becky Keefe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have author, community manager, speaker, women's minister extraordinaire, Becky Keefe with us. Becky, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me, Tony. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to start um, with a story that I found on your website about how you came to Jesus at five years old. I I did. I came to Jesus at five years old. I've always been kind of a independent thinker, one, one might say. And so grew up going to church, 
heard all the Bible stories, all the invitations to to accept Jesus into my heart, but I never felt compelled, you know, to like pray with my mom or with my Sunday school teacher. When the Spirit did move me was a place where I like to do a lot of thinking, even still. And it happened to be on the toilet. (laughs) And so I have a very clear memory. I grew up in a house that my great-grandfather built. And it was this big two-story house. And we had... uh, I was in the back bathroom and I can remember the tile. I like to like count the patterns and I'm just thinking about it and thinking, yeah, like I sin, I make mistakes all the time. And so, yes, Jesus, you know, forgive my sins, come into my heart. And so I, I got off the toilet and I flushed my sins away. And (laughs) I remember very clearly having that thought, like I've done it. I flushed my sins away. Like Jesus has forgiven me. And so I washed my hands. I like to say, like, I got off my throne and I put God on his in my life. And I went downstairs and I told my mom. (laughs) I read that on your website. And as uh, somebody who appreciates a really good pun, I just thought to myself, this this could not set up any better. And, and so I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And now um, I, I was trying to articulate to my wife what you do. And uh, you're a community manager as well as a writer. I, I, it feels like a really important job and a really difficult job in 2021. I, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got connected to that ministry and, and what really a community manager does? Sure. Yeah. So I'm not just a community manager of of, of all communities. No, I work for, for encourage it's encourage with an I N like, because we, when we are in Christ, we are in courage. Um, and encourage was started 12 years ago by Dayspring. And if you're familiar, Dayspring is a, um, is a Christian resource company. It's, um, the Christian arm of Hallmark. And so encourage is really an online, it started as an online community, a place for women to connect, to share their real, hard, awkward, messy stories, and to link arms and point one another to the hope of Christ. And so as community manager, I get to partner with, we have a team of 30 writers um, of diverse ages and stages and backgrounds from their 20s um, into Decades later, I don't know exactly, but um, some very wise, amazing women um, who I love dearly. And in addition to putting out um, content seven days a week, 365 days a year um, on our website, we also produce uh, books and Bible studies. And it's just, it's such a joy um, to get to do that kind of work. Yeah, I think um, as a as a pastor, when I look at the kind of work that you're doing, it feels very much like ministry in 2020. And it, it, it you know, obviously, you guys were ahead of the curve in all of this mm-hmm. um, in terms of building community long before there was ever a pandemic. But what right. have you learned about the importance of community in the midst of the pandemic? And, and what did you see from your perspective as somebody who's working and ministering with so many women around the world? Yeah, I absolutely saw that, you know, when people can't physically gather, all the more we're looking for those real authentic places where we don't just slap on, you know, Christian cliches, but where we can be like, this is what I'm really wrestling with. Like, these are my burdens. Will, is there space for my unfine moments, seasons, struggles. And so, yeah, I saw Encourage um, 
we already filled that place in a lot of women's lives. And so it was neat to see that, especially in just like this, I mean, this global pandemic where we're all going through something similar, but different. And so to have a place like a website, like social media, where we can come and say, yeah, this is how it's fleshing out for me and have other people um, say, yeah, me too. Or have you thought about this? And so, um, yeah, it's been great. And to, you know, we put out Bible studies and in this season to be able to do that on Facebook groups, um, you know, on our website and to see that people are hungry for the word of God. People are hungry to know that there is truth that transcends our news scroll. Um, and when there's so much that we cannot trust, that we doubt um, that the word of God continues to be trustworthy. And so I feel like it's been especially kind of a, for such a time as this season that we get to um, link arms with women and say, we're here to do it, to walk it out with you in our, in our own messy stories. We don't come as experts, but as fellow, you know, journeyers. Now, one of the things I've realized over the last couple of years is that a lot of people are trying to figure out how to live into their call. And and mm-hmm. I would say that the, the way that you've kind of stepped into this role with Encourage and and kind of what you do in your writing, it's not traditional ministry in, in like the old traditional church sense. How did you know that right. you were called into this kind of work? And 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 what was that first step for you really like to to say, okay, I'm gonna be an online community manager, which sounds normal now, but it didn't probably when you started. Right. Well, and I really started um, this work years before I ever had a title. So I've been working, I've been on staff with Encourage and Dayspring for five years, Mm. but it was probably more like eight or nine years ago that I felt a very specific call to what I felt like God was saying, like, I'm calling you to a ministry of words. Mm. And the, and at that time I did not have a book contract. I, um, at that time I was blogging on beckykeefe.blogspot.com. Like back, this is before Instagram, this is before fancy WordPress, like, and, um, yet I've always known I was a writer, but you know, when I was in the thick of motherhood and I had three boys back to back to back and, you know, that was really like my full-time job, ministry, breathing, (laughs) surviving (laughs) life. But, um, but I had this sense in my heart that the Lord was saying like, I'm going to use the gift of words I've given you. And that might be as you scratch out blog posts late at night that a few people read, One day that might be from stages. I had a dream that that would one day be from published pages. But really, it started with just acknowledging that I had um, some God-given skills and gifts. I had a desire. And he really just said, like, I just want you to do the one next thing and trust me for the outcome. And so that one next thing looked like a lot of little, seemingly insignificant baby steps of just, you know, writing that one, that one Facebook post, writing that one article, um, offering, you know, to my local Bible study, Hey, like I could speak on this, you know, just doing as the Lord prompted me. And then over time, as he does, like, it's like these puzzle pieces suddenly, you know, start fitting together. And when I was invited to come on staff at Encourage, it actually wasn't a job that I applied for. 
Um, it was something that from the relationships that I had built over years of, of writing um, online, it was really like God opening a door and saying, here you go, like walk, you want to walk with me in this. Yeah, I love that imagery of like doing the next right thing and and listening to God. One of the questions that I love to ask people, especially who have done this over a lengthy period of time, is is how do you know it's from God and not just your exhaustion? Or how do you know it's from God and not just, um, you know, what you have in mind versus what God might Mm -hmm. be calling you to? Do you you have a set kind of process that you go to, to to check to see if it's God's voice or what it might be? That's a great question. Um, So as kind of an indirect way of answering it, I actually have a prayer that I have prayed for um, many years now. And this prayer comes out of the fact that I am naturally an achiever. Like I'm naturally someone who I'm like, yep, like let me, let me check off the boxes. Let me climb the ladder. Like let me achieve the thing. Um, And like I say, like I'm a recovering people pleaser, perfectionist with performance issues. Um, so as I was stepping into this writing, speaking kind of world, knowing my natural inclination apart from the Lord would be to strive. Um, I started praying very specifically, Lord, would you do things that are directly reflective of your power and not my own striving? Mm. God, would you do things that are directly reflective of your power and not my own striving? So not that I'm not still have to be obedient, not that I still don't need to show up and do that one next thing, but I want it to be so very clear in my work, in my ministry, that God was going to be the one to get the glory. And so, you know, that that, that, that doesn't necessarily help in like the day-to-day, but when I think about like kind of like the big milestones of the books that I've written and getting to be, I first was on staff with Encourage as an editor, which is my background. And then I was asked after a year to step into the role of, you know, leading as the community manager. And and those things, I, could, I, I couldn't have manufactured that on my own. And so I think that when you feel a nudge from the spirit when you feel, or even that desire, like, oh, I have this idea, like take that next step and then surrender all those steps to God and say, what do you want to do mm. with these? Yeah. That's, that's that not my will, but your will be done. And yeah. Yeah. And it just, you know, every single day at every single decision, if you can, can remember to pray those prayers, you generally end up where God wants you to. And only going through doors that he opens that, that makes that makes a ton of sense. And that's actually a really good transition into this latest resource that you've just put out because I, I just find it uh, so God, it has to be from God, right? That you would write a book on kindness in the midst of what could arguably be considered the most unkind season <laughs> in my in my lifetime. I, don't, I mean, I'm 41. So, right, like, I don't remember people ever being this mean before. Uh, how did God call you to, to write a, a book like this on what a simple yet profound topic. Yeah. And you're right. I, again, I, same thing. I'm like, God, like only you could have known that the simple difference would come out in 2021 and that this would be where the world is. Um, so, cause I actually, I had this idea, this bubbling of, um, of an idea many years ago. And it actually started after I had taken my kids to the library which seems like a very simple thing. When you have three 
spirited boys. <laughs> Anyone else with spirited children out there? Amen. Amen. <laughs> At the time, I think the boys were like three, five, and six. Oof, and we got to the library like eight minutes early, which again, no big deal. But like my children are not cut from like the sit still and be quiet kind of cloth. Mm. Like they are highly curious and active. And anyhow, long story short, this eight minutes felt like an eternity because there was multiple trips to the bathroom and drinking fountains and exploring cupboards that were void of padlocks. Why don't people put padlocks on their cupboards in the, in the library vestibule? Anyhow. So we are like, more people are coming. We are like in this like courtyard area waiting. And I just feel like all eyes are on me and I don't like parenting in public. And I kept, my boys weren't being bad at all. Just, just kids. But I just felt sure. like, especially like some older individuals, just, we were very much the center of attention, even though I didn't want to be. So the doors finally open and this older woman catches my eye and she says to me, she goes, it's going to be a long summer. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, it is. And I already had like sweat like dripping down my back. And she goes, and then she says, but thanks for being here. You're mm. doing a really good job. And I cannot even tell you, Tony, like I was bracing myself for like, you know, for, for criticism, for, for judgment. And instead, this stranger took the opportunity to show a weary mama that I was seen and to encourage me in a way that she had no idea that like changed my posture for the rest of the day. Mm. And I even, I thought about it for a week, for months, so much so that I started thinking about how that cost her nothing, but just being aware of someone of choosing to get over the awkwardness of speaking to a stranger to give those kind words. And so it started this bubbling of like, like how can ordinary people change the world right where we are with exactly what we have just by showing up with these small acts of kindness can and kind of this hypothesis can small acts of kindness really make a lasting impact. Um, and so this was years and years ago. And over the, over time I, I wrote this idea down, I was in graduate school and I shared it with a professor and, um, and then, Eventually, probably three or four years ago, I mentioned it um, to my my coworkers at Encourage. And when it came time for us as a as a company to put together another book proposal for additional resources that we wanted to put out, it was proposed like, "Hey, Becky, would you be willing to write?" the simple difference for encourage. And I never could from that mom in the library to now releasing a book. Tomorrow, when this episode airs, I never could have imagined how that trajectory went. And yet you're right. I can't get over God's kindness in the fact that like, I think we've always needed this message. I think this is not, it's, it's not trendy and yet it is timely. Yeah, do, do you think, do you think that kindness has, has left our community or, or do you think we've, we've just gotten out of practice of kindness? Like wh I, I, what I really want you to tell us, Becky, is what do we do wrong and how do we get it back? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm qualified to talk about that. I think we do so many, I think we do so many things wrong. We do so many things wrong. I think a lot of it. And I think, so I'm, I'm about the same age as you are. I'm 39. And in my 39 years, I too have seen, I feel like that 
now more than ever, I feel like if I could boil the breakdown in humanity to this, it would be the fact that like we have stopped seeing people as people Mm. like we are each, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the word of God says that every person is made in the image of God. We are image bearers. We are children of God created with intrinsic value and worth and loved by God. And yet, I mean, this is certainly true in, in, I feel like all of society, but I even heartbreakingly see it in believers in the church that we've started, we have stopped seeing people as image bearers of God and started seeing people as the enemy, as the annoyance, as, you know, the person on the other side of that political divide or social issue. And we start seeing people as, as opinions or votes or barriers or, you know, and I feel like that's the breakdown. Like, what if we actually saw people the way God sees them? How would our overflow of kindness and compassion change? I feel like that's the crux of it. Does that resonate with you? Yes, 100%. 100%. And and nothing actually makes me more angry, which is a funny irony, than mean Christians. Like, when Christians, especially when Christians are mean on the internet. Like, like, hey, why don't we just, why don't we just air all of our family drama out in on the front porch where everybody can see it. It just, it's, it's, I find it incredibly frustrating. Uh, but you know, I, I, I get to preach on a pretty regular basis and and I always wonder like, what's the next step? Like, how, how do you, how do you, how do you bump somebody back to kindness? Right. And, and I, I know yeah. one of the things that you talk about in the book is about the, the embracing the awkward. And mm-hmm. I wonder if you could, Give me a, a little bit of background on on how do we see the awkward moment and then how do we embrace it? Yeah, I think something that, you know, especially now in this heightened season of tension and division and feeling like, I don't know if you agree with me on fill in the blank, right? Like right. we all have these, like, are you, are we are on the same side? Are we on the opposite sides? And so that's a layer of awkwardness in itself. And then I feel like there's just these layers of awkwardness, right? Just in general, I feel like even before pre-pandemic, like we live in a society, especially, you know, in, in Western culture of kind of like, mind your own business. Like, you know, don't get too involved. Don't let it derail your schedule. And so, um, you know, for, and this ha- this comes up in so many different ways. You know, I was just talking to a friend and she um, was at Target the other day and uh, a woman fell and she was with her husband, but her husband couldn't physically help her up. And she's like, she recognized in herself this moment of like awkwardness, like, do I go over? Do they want help? Do they not? Like, should I ask? Like, and she said, but then there was this change where four strangers who didn't know them, didn't know each other, kind of all came together and just without even saying anything, just kind of swooped in and and lifted this woman, saved her her dignity of being splayed out. She wasn't injured. She had just fallen. Mm. And I think that it's like those, that's the kind of awkwardness, like we just got to overcome. Or maybe it's awkwardness. Like I, we've lived in our current house for about eight years And you know, like when there's certain neighbors, like you get to know right away and there's other neighbors that are just like the wave hello from the driveway far away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, 
when it's like been eight years and you've only waved hello, it's really awkward to be like, <laughs> and, and what was your name? <laughs> like I've lived here eight years, but like, what was your name? And recently I felt God convicting me of that and prompting me to reach out to this neighbor who I've literally waved from my driveway for eight years. I did not know her name. I did not know her story. And it was super awkward to be, to go over and be like, hi, I'm Becky. I live over there with the three children. And, um, would you like to come over for coffee in my backyard? I don't know if she wants to have coffee. I don't know. Like if she thinks that's really weird, guess what? I've learned. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I feel awkward in those 90 seconds. It doesn't matter even if really if she had accepted or not. It turns out she did want to come over. She did need a friend. Um, And now, like it's been actually a couple of months. Tony, I love this woman. She (laughs) is phenomenal. Like, I'm like, I've been missing out. Like, she used to be an engineer. She is an artist. She's lived all over the world. She happens to be 82 years old. And like, I love her. And I'm just, I'm like, that awkwardness could have been the barrier to me having showing the kindness of walking on across the street, getting over myself and saying, Hey, would you like to come over for coffee? That is a phenomenal uh, testimony and I love it. I'm going to be a little bit cynical if that's okay, because on the other yeah, side, yeah. awkward is vulnerable. And then on the other side of vulnerable is sometimes that doesn't go. Sometimes that 82 year old lady snaps at you yeah. or says she doesn't want to talk to you or, I mean, you're incredibly vulnerable um, on on the internet, and I, I can't imagine that the internet is always kind to you. Um, I, yes. It's not always kind to me, and I, I'm not even as vulnerable as you are on the internet. Uh, what do you do when your feelings really do get hurt? How, how do you how do you do that work of repairing the the wall that you're building up because somebody wasn't kind, right? And and you're not even going to see that person yeah. again who was probably mean to you on the internet, but like. How do we right. I, that? I feel so many people have these barriers because maybe they tried it and it didn't work, or maybe they 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 watched it. Somebody, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean, and I mean, you're right. It's it's not easy. It is painful. It does sting. Like I don't want to sugarcoat that and be like, well, it's all it's all worth it. I mean, I do believe it's all worth it, but right. um, but I think actually what I found is. It goes back again to how, which, what lens am I going to put on through which I choose to see this person mm. who has hurt me or rejected me or not responded to my kindness or my vulnerability in the way that I hoped? What lens am I going to put on? Am I going to choose to see them with through my the lens of my own judgment and my limited view of their story? Or am I going to ask God, God, would you fill in the gaps of my knowledge with your grace? Mm. And by that, I mean, I just, through writing this book, I felt so challenged to, we are so quick at snap judgments. Like, like there was, um, you know, my, my, my kids right now are playing soccer. And there was um, a mom on one of the soccer teams who I, I thought I had smiled to and said hello several times. And I felt kind of snubbed by her. And I was like, well, I'm not going to keep saying hi to you. Like, that's kind of rude. But then I thought, what if, what if she's really shy? What if she has social anxiety? 
What if she just had the crummiest day at work and she's thinking about the conversation she has, she has to have with her boss? What if her marriage is crumbling? What if she has a special needs kid? Like, do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, you could say like, give the benefit of the doubt, but I feel like it's even more than that. And so when I think about, you're right, like I'm vulnerable on the internet and you know, some of the things I'm vulnerable with, I talk about, like I struggle with clinical anxiety on my bad days. Do I want someone to think, oh, I saw Becky at Trader Joe's and she like totally ignored me. Like, wow, like she's a jerk. Or do I want someone to fill in the gap? Like, wow, maybe she was really distracted. Maybe she, she didn't quite seem herself. Like maybe I'll text her and say like, are you okay? You know what I mean? And so I feel like when we get those stinging comments, when we get, you know, those, uh, you know, that your neighbor is like, uh, get off my porch. No, I don't want to have <laughs> coffee with you. One, remember how God sees you and remember yeah. how God sees them. And I feel like if we start there, it makes all the difference. So um, I love to get super practical. Do you have daily disciplines that you do to help remind yourself how God sees you? Like I'm, I'm always interested to hear what people's uh, God time routines are morning or night or, or what, what does it physically look like? If never one's, no one's ever done this before and this is their first venture into being, to learning how God sees them, uh, how, how would you tell them to get started? How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, one of my daily practices is to write a gratitude list, which mm. isn't, you know, isn't groundbreaking. Like people, people <laughs> do this. Um, but for me, it has been one of those foundational practices that has sustained me through the years. And I'll tell you what, more than reminding me how God sees me, it reminds me to see God more clearly. Hmm. Um, because as I think about the practical ways that he is showing himself faithful that he is providing for my needs, whether that's, you know, physical needs or emotional needs, um, ways that he is answering prayer. When I stop and I usually will do it in the morning and I like to think back on the day before. Okay. So all of yesterday, what, what happened, what occurred? Um, you know, it's so easy to, to, to let the small things just get, lost in the haze of the day. And so starting each day with that, those eyes of gratitude, and then that turns my heart to Thanksgiving. And that turns my heart to thinking about the character of God, like, wow, God, like you are kind, you are trustworthy. Um, you are faithful. You are consistent. You are steadfast and grounding myself there. I'm like, well, if that is who God is, and he has chosen me to be his daughter and to love me when I don't deserve it to show me kindness when I mess up, then wow, like that's a pretty great God. And I can, I can rest in who he is. Yeah. Well, one, one of the things I noticed that you do fairly often, uh, at least on Instagram, um, is, is you take advantage of being outside in creation mm -hmm. and, and that seems to be a big part of your rhythm. I'm curious, is that, is that intentional? Is that more of how you're wired? Does it help you see, um, people with God's eyes when you see how big the world is? Cause that's the story I made up in my head. I like, <laughs> I like that story. Um, yes, it's how I'm wired and yes, it is intentional. Um, yeah, my family, we love, we love to hike. 
Um, you know, I recently had hip surgery and so I have, I'm, my soul is like aching to get back on the, on the trail. But I find that even if it's just going outside and sitting, you know, on the back porch and looking up at the trees, I do, I see God's goodness in creation. And I, I'm also, I have a heightened awareness. I love how scripture makes eternal truths known through physical examples, you know? And so when I look at a tree and then I think about, you know, Paul's encouragement in Colossians to let your roots grow down deep into him and your life be built upon him. And I think about the tree roots. I think about, okay, Lord. And I turn that into a prayer, you know, or I think about, you know, God says like, if he cares for a sparrow, how much more will he care for you? And then I look up and I see a bird and I think, okay, like this bird is, is living and breathing and flying by the grace of God. Okay. Then that grace must extend to me too. And so, yeah. And in the same way, again, it all goes back to, okay, if this is how God cares for the created world, then what is our part in that in caring for one another? Um, and being good and kind and gracious and showing his love, um, in, in, in everyday small ways. Yeah. And you, you talk a lot about small ways in the book. I, I'm curious about what do small ways look like with the people that you're closest to? Cause I actually think it's easier to be kind to a stranger, um, uh-huh. who I desperately want their approval than to my wife of almost 19 years or to my three kids who never stop eating everything in the world. How, how do we how do we start small with the people that annoy us the most? Not my wife, my kids, because my wife will listen to this. Not your wife, not your wife, not my husband. Not my wife. Um, you are you are so right. And you are so right, in fact, that I actually this was not part of the plan, but as God would have it, he t- wanted to teach me a few things in writing The Simple Difference. And I was writing the majority of this during quarantine. Um, with my amazing family at home <laughs> all the time. And so Praise it birthed, it birthed a chapter called hardest at home, hmm. hardest at home, because yes, why can it be so easy? I can have this like helpful, cheery, let me grab that bag for you. Oh, you dropped that. Let me grab that for you persona in public. And yet with my kids, I'm like, no, you cannot have another drink of water. Um, so how do we, how do we be kind at home? Um, I, I think one way is to ask ourselves, how can I be a blessing to fill in the blank to hmm. my child, to my roommate, you know, maybe to, maybe you live with your, with, with your parents or a sibling, whoever it is, we all know that the people that we spend the most time with in closest proximity do not always get the best versions of ourselves. And so sometimes I think a pitfall for me can be like, well then like, I don't really have to be kind at home, right? Like we all just get to show up and just be who we are. Um, and yet to think about like, okay, how can I what can I do today to show love to someone else? And so, you know, I think about my kid who um, he's a verbal processor. And if I could just give him five minutes, he would take five hours, like whatever time I can just give Elias to be like, you tell me all the things. Like I won't scroll my phone. I won't, you know, tell you that you know, to to stop talking or to lower your volume. Like I'll just be all here for you. Like that 
is kindness to Elias. Um, my husband, like his uh, love language is acts of service. And so at the end of a day, like I know that I'll, it shows him love if I'm like, hey, can I get you a snack? Is he capable of getting his own snack? Of course he is. But like as a, I could have that posture of like, well, get your own snack. Or I could be like, I'm happy to cut up this apple for you. Like I want to show you that I have thought of you, that you are seen, that you are known. And um, it's like, what would it be like if we all did those things at home? And then I feel like it would fill up our kindness tanks so that we really could make a bigger impact out in the world. Do, do you think that there is uh, a difference between um, conditional kindness and unconditional kindness? As, as, as I heard you thinking about that, I was like, man, I wonder if I, this is just how broken I am, but I, I wonder if I can be kind and then people will be kind back to me. And then I was like, well, is that really kindness or is that just manipulation? What, what do you think? I, I didn't mean to turn this into a counseling session, by the way, but here we are. No, here we are. Here we are. You know, that, that's a good question. I mean, and I even talk about this a little bit. Like I, being kind is not being a doormat. Like mm. we all, we want to be healthy people. We want to have like good boundaries, you know? And so like, if you are like, you know, feel always like undervalued, always underappreciated, like we need to like speak up and like say those things. Yet at the same time, I think what you're saying is, is a good point to make because we sh should not be motivated by, well, what am I going to get in return? Am I going to get affirmation? Am I going to get praise? Is someone going to do that thing back for me? And I think it comes down to the fact that, yeah, there is a difference. Like if we're putting those conditions on our kindness, like I'll dish it out as long as I'm feeling good about what I'm getting in return. But do we see Jesus doing that? I don't see, I don't really see Jesus being like, well, I'm going to, can't think of a good example off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wash your feet, but then you have to wash mine. Right. Um, you know, like Jesus showed up for his friends again and again and again. Like when impetuous Peter, you know, was like always, you know, when he, when he denied Jesus, when he, you know, overstepped his boundaries. Like Jesus wasn't like, I'm done with you. Like you, I've, I've been kind, I've been patient, like enough. Like he, Jesus was relentless in his kindness. Um, and so I think that that is, a, it's not easy, but I think it's, it's a challenge. Like, how am I going to treat the people in front of me independent of, of, of what I get in return? Yeah, I, I love that word relentless. And it it, it also kind of uh, reminds me of that phrase that, that kind of the posture of your heart, right? If you're if you're posturing your heart towards kindness, mm -hmm. towards Jesus, then you're naturally going to go that way. And, um, I, I, you know, a lot of repetitions makes it easier to be more about the bigger mission than your personal mission. So I think that's a that's a really good word. Um I know that this book is going to impact a lot of lives. Uh, the simple difference. What is your prayer as people get it in their hands and as people reading it? What can my listeners, who I know are fervent prayers, what can they be praying for for you, Becky, and for your family, and and for the simple difference as it as it releases out into the world? Hmm. Thank you for asking that question. You know, one of my one of my like core prayers for the simple difference is I want people to read it 
And I want them to understand and experience the kindness of God in a new mm. way. I mean, really, like this is a book for it's it's a book for believers, and yet I very clearly lay out the gospel in chapter one. And my hope and prayer is that people who don't yet know Jesus as their Lord and Savior will come to know him through this book. Kindness is kind of like a, yeah, like uh, the world needs kindness. And so my hope is that people will find this just through thinking, yeah, I want to make a difference um, and discover that there is, that our source of kindness um, is something so much deeper than any human do-goodism that any of us could conjure on our own. Um, so that would certainly be a prayer. And then really it's a, it's a, my prayer is for the collective, you know, church, this, our family of believers that we would stop being mean, <laughs> that we really Amen. would put on a posture of kindness. I mean, Jesus said it so clearly, love one another by this. Others will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I'm tired of people knowing Christians by, by our hate, by our, um, by our division, by our Facebook comments. You know, I want people to come to know Jesus because they're like, wow, like what's, what's up with that Tony guy? Like, he's like, he's like uncomfortably kind. Like, like what's up with, you know, what's up? Like what? Like what's up with Becky? Like she's really awkward, and yet there's something about her that I want to know more about. Like mm. I, I, I believe that that God has called us to mark the world with His love and kindness, and I think each one of us can start right where we are with exactly what we have. And my hope is that um, the simple difference will be a part of bringing that about. Amen. And I will join with you in that prayer for so many reasons, but I think it's, I think it's such an important testimony for the church to be kind again. Like I, I think we can, I think we can make kindness fashionable again. It's out there. I know it's out there and we can, we can do it in that really pure and um, righteous way. So uh, okay. I have one more question for you. Um, But before I do it, I, I, I always like to ask people where the best place to get to know more about you and your ministry on the interwebs, where can our listeners uh, get connected to you, Becky, and to um, all the things that you're doing and for future books? Because I, I know that there's more in there. Thank you. Well, my favorite place to hang out um, on the internet is on Instagram. So would love for you guys, if you hear this show, come and find me. I'm just at Becky Keith. Let me know that you um, heard this episode and I would love to connect with you. Um, you can find out more on my website, beckykeefe.com. You can also uh, type in uh, be the simple difference. Dot com, and that will take you to my book page um, where you can yeah find out all the things. And uh, I also have a, a new Bible study coming out along with The Simple Difference. It's called Courageous Kindness. Mm. Live the Simple Difference right where you are. And so you, you can read the book or do Bible study first e either way, but it really takes an even deeper look into um, the heart and character of God and what he's inviting us uh, to partner with him in. Um, and I'd also like to invite you to be a part of our community um, at Encourage. That website is encourage.me and we have tons of great resources and um, Courageous Kindness and The Simple Difference are, are both resources also provided by Encourage. And so you can find out all the info there as well. 
And we'll link to all that in the show notes so that it's super easy. If, if you guys want to get connected to there, I strongly encourage it. It's actually the, the anchor. I spent some time today on the encourage website. It's really well done. It, it, uh, it, 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 it makes you want to be in the community. Honestly, it's, it's very well done. So check that out. A tremendous. Oh, thank you. Uh, okay. Last question. I always love to ask people and it's a, it's an advice question. And I want to give you, uh, I want to ask you to give yourself one piece of advice um, but I get to take you back to a very specific time. Okay. And so I want to take you back to your very first day at Encourage. And you're talking to this younger version of you, this editor, big dreams, achiever, all of it's in there. You're being obedient to God. If you could look that younger version of yourself in the eyes, what's the one piece of wisdom are you giving her? Mm. You're making me emotional. <laughs> like, um, I think I would, I would tell that younger me. Um, I would, I would just tell her that that God is so worthy of your trust, mm-hmm. um, and that you can trust Him with every next step, um, even the steps that cause you to stumble. Um, that he will continue guiding you um, on the right path. Amen. Amen. Becky, thank you so much uh, for your time today, your vulnerability, and for all that you're doing for the kingdom of God. I'm so excited to see what's next. Oh, I appreciate it. This was a great conversation and um, grateful for your support. Thank you for being a simple difference maker. Man, what a great voice. I love um, her heart for kindness. And, you know, honestly, this is something that's super simple that all of us can do. And it makes a lot of sense. I uh, especially really, really like the line that she said that God is so worthy of your trust. I like the way that it all goes back to the kindness of God. And I think, um, you know, just important practices for our kids as well. So thank you so much for being here today. As always, don't forget, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Share this episode with a friend and don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss further episodes. And don't forget, if you want to connect with us, spiritandtruth.life, or you can email me, tony at twmilt.com. Remember, guys, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.